This is Series 3, Episode 4 of Encounter Points. Well, welcome back, Bill. How are you? All right, Ken. How are you? It is a fine day to sit in front of the microphone and have a good conversation with you, picking up our conversation on love always communicates. Yes. This idea that the, uh, that even the very act of salvation is itself a communication from God. Right. And that we are in communion together. Right. With it's- one another and with the body of Christ and with all of creation. Yes. It kind of makes you appreciate communication a bit more than our average cultural understanding uh, day by day as we're facing this torrent of information and inflation coming out of every possible screen and every possible medium and all of that. Information deflation is what we're, uh, I'm what we're actually in need of, right? Well, indeed, that's right. Although a lot of information has been deflated uh, in a different sense uh, because the human beings about whom we communicate – are deflated in the sense of their human dignity. A lot of no, times. that's you know that's a really great kind of. <laughs> I mean, that's a really great uh, segue to what oh, we're okay. actually going to be talking exactly. about tonight because we're going to uh, pick up the conversation by exploring what Pope Francis had to say uh, in his post synodal apostolic exhortation after the. Um, the Synod on Youth. And so yes. he uh, released this wonderful document in 2019 called Christus Vivit, right. Christ Lives. Christ Lives. Um, and it was addressed to young people and to the entire people of God, as yes. he said. So. Yes. And uh, it was uh, one of the, uh, the, the, the section that I saw, particularly about communication in there, was not necessarily one of the best covered uh, in terms of media coverage of the of the document, because as we know, that synod uh, made all sorts of news. Sure did. But um, uh, but this was this was a power packed uh, section that I, I think is very much worthy of being better known. Well, we're talking specifically about chapter three, which is entitled "You Are the Now of God," mm. and uh, beginning with paragraph eighty six, the subsection here in this document is the digital environment, yeah. and. Um, and the Holy Father uh, does a lot of quoting of the the final document from the the synod, um, but he really has uh, he's drawn out things that are that are great observations, and then he's he issues kind of some commentary and some challenges to not just to young people, but again to the entire people of God. So one of the things that caught my eye at the end of paragraph eighty six is mm-hmm. an approach to reality that privileges images over listening and reading has influenced the way people learn and the development of their critical sense. You know, and this seems to fit with my own experiences that, you know, as you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or or even TikTok or any of the various social, uh, you know, networks, videos and images are the ones that grab your attention rather than the heavy text blocks. That's right. You know, and what the Holy Father is kind of pointing to here is this idea of – an immersive experience of media um, is going to allow us in some ways to shut our brain off and right. not have to critically 
encounter what we're seeing and 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 uh, reading. That's Whereas right. if you have to read it, you have to take it in, you have to process it, and you actually engage the piece rather than exactly. just passively watching it. You know, we so often talk about the boob tube. You know, just sit yes. in and tune out. You know, while your eyes are being filled and your ears are being filled. Whereas it's it's a very different experience than than reading than listening critically, and that's where where this kind of section begins. That's right. I, I think it's a very powerful point, and uh, the Catholic schools hopefully would be places where what's commonly called media literacy would uh, take effect in a special, in-depth way. Uh, you know, I guess a lot of schools uh, try to teach kids how to observe or ask certain questions about the media and the information they're consuming. But um, here, there's a there's a, a real deep need to uh, better grasp the the power of video um, that that we let video exert over us without without testing it with a kind of linear frame of thought without parsing a subject verb predicate you know mm-hmm. this we it's it's all impressionistic yeah and sensationalistic perhaps in more than one way you know it's sensationalized yeah a critical media literacy critical uh, media that's a literacy phrase and values yeah, informed uh, yeah, media so literacy this is one of the things that uh, gets addressed in a couple of the other documents that that I'll, I'll mention a little later Great. tonight too. Mm-hmm. But I remember also a wonderful presentation given by uh, Professor Ernest Morell, who is uh, here at the University of Notre Dame, yeah. an affiliate, uh, one of our faculty affiliates uh, at the De Nicholas Center for Ethics and Culture, where I work. Mm-hmm. He specifically focuses on critical media literacy, wow. and uh, we'll put a link in the show notes here to a wonderful presentation he did, in which he talks about ways to cultivate a critical media literacy uh, in service to our own formation, but also in service to being able to preach the gospel more effectively as well. Indeed, that's uh, right. And, it's, so, uh, and that's the church's interest in this, right? Right. Is to, that we be formed to be better disciples, Ultimately, that's right. Uh, and so, um, so to go on, you know, kind of move forward here in this in this document. Uh, the next paragraph, paragraph eighty-seven, he talks about uh, the web and social networks being a public square where the young spend much of their time and meet one another easily. However, and uh, this is kind of stepping away from the quote, but just meeting somebody does not mean you're actually encountering ah, and engaging them. Very good. Much like watching video, right? That's right. Uh, he goes on to say, the digital world is one of social and political engagement and active citizenship, and it can facilitate the circulation of independent information, providing effective protection for the most vulnerable and publicizing violations of their rights. Now, this, again, seems to fit with kind of our experience, right? The the least served populations have an outsized voice in in online, you know, um, and find communities of mutual support. Um, but as it mentions, you know, there's, there's political engagement and active citizenship, but there's also, uh, and Holy Father doesn't talk about it here necessarily in this paragraph, but that's also a chance to wall off. It's like, I found my, my people, my tribe. Right. 
and now I'm going to exclude any interaction with anyone else. Exactly. Yes, it's a sad fact that uh, I, I, elsewhere the the Pope says that as we've uh, become uh, more uh, active users of social media, we've become less social in the sense that um, the communities are formed – so many communities, not all uh, – many communities are based on who is being excluded rather than – uh, who who was being welcomed? Right, right. Yeah, the, the, he says this actually in eighty nine. Um, these pl- the way many platforms work often end up favoring encounter between persons who think alike, shielding them from debate. Yes. Um, and then he goes on to say uh, the proliferation of fake news is the expression of a culture that has lost its sense of truth and bends the facts to suit particular interests Mm -hmm. and the reputation of individuals is put in jeopardy through summary trials conducted online yeah how often that's a great line isn't it summary trials summary trials conducted online online. the whole idea of deplatforming someone taking away their entire voice because the mob has declared this this idea this person is persona non grata. Yes. I mean these yeah. are actually um they're dehumanizing. You mentioned earlier at the top right. of the show, you mentioned the dignity is being deflated. Oh, it's being yes. entirely denied the, the basic human dignity of each yeah. person. This yeah. is a po- a great possibility because of uh the way that also I can you know, find my tribe or whatever. And when somebody in my, in my group or somebody says something I don't like, I can just shut off the machine and never interact with them again yes. or block someone or, you know, block and report or whatever it right. may be. Um, and this is also another challenge. Uh, in paragraph 88, the Holy Father says, um, Digital media can expose people to the risk of addiction, isolation, and gradual loss of contact with concrete reality, blocking the development of authentic interpersonal relationships. Yes. These are uh, grave risks that people kind of just take for granted too often. Is it in this paragraph where he also says that uh, among the forces that we fall prey to or could fall prey to are simply the – uh, providers of content, uh, the bots, the uh, whatever f- uh, companies, organizations whose only motive is profit, is um, uh, uh, dominance in the marketplace of economics and also in the marketplace of ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, transnational corporations that Indeed. that come to dominate, you know, the the internet. Now, of course, the internet is borderless. Essentially, yeah. Certainly, there are countries like that. We talk about the Great Firewall of China. Yeah. You know, um, there are countries that have created their own borders, but for the most part, the internet is borderless, and you never know. You know, there's that great cartoon. From way early in the internet, and it, and it was the idea of the the puppy sitting there at the keyboard with the caption, you know, on the internet nobody knows you're a dog, you know, <laughs> and that's the reality. We, the internet is a medium which, boy, to to kind of make reference to Marshall McLuhan, uh-huh. which has become the message itself, yes. right? In the the rapid ability to communicate, the rapid ability for an idea, a meme to spread yes. to all corners of the globe. Yes. And yet the lie will be halfway around the world before the truth can even get its boots on. Exactly. You know, fake news is easy to proliferate here on the internet as well. Yes. Yes. And memes are a good example of what we were saying about uh, uh, 
media literacy regarding uh, videos having to be especially sensitive because the effect of a meme is uh, instantaneous mm -hmm. and rather mindless. It's all kind of just emotional spontaneity uh, react reacting and uh, the truth – Almost has no open door into which <laughs> to walk. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if the meme itself is, uh, uh, fuzzing the truth. Yeah. Which too often it is. And it's interesting because the very idea of memes, by the way, uh, I was talking about memes on the way in with my, with my carpool mate today. Yeah. Richard Dawkins is the fellow who invented the idea of the meme or who first I gave did not name know that. to it. Wow. Uh, and, it's interesting because the idea of the meme originally was an idea that self-replicates. Right. You know, a, a, a small spark of an idea that self-replicates and uses us as humans to share and, and distribute it. Yes. We think of the meme on the internet as an image with a caption or something like that. that right. That, again, portrays an idea that then gets spread from, you know, to, to all corners of the globe. If, as you said, if the idea behind that particular meme – uh, is meant to denigrate or is meant to make a falsehood appear to be a truism. Right. Once it starts spreading around, you know, it's shared uncritically. Right. Uh, or even if people share it and, and then it begins to easily be taken out of context. It's appreciated more for its comic value than right. for any inherent value. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it really is. One other thing that the Holy Father talks about in this section is um, he uses the, the idea of the phrase digital migration. Yeah. He says, for many people, immersion in the virtual world has brought about a kind of digital migration involving withdrawal from their families and their cultural and religious values and entrance into a world of loneliness and of self-invention with the result that they feel rootless even while remaining physically in one place. Yeah. And this is a really fascinating idea because when you have digital migration, you also then have uh, an isolation. Right. And a, uh, he uses another phrase, a delusional parallel reality that can ignore human dignity. Yeah. It's like yeah. if your message doesn't fit into the world that I have created for myself, then you are a non-entity to me. Yes. Yes. Uh, we define our own artificial reality and uh real the what what i've heard philosophers call the really real has no place in my self-defined artificial reality and we certainly see it in uh, the technology that's being developed uh, there's a certain human tendency toward the delights of artificial reality something yeah. we can define for ourselves but it's so dangerous to be kind of addicted to that or to be so used to it that uh, the dullness of the really real uh, turns us off from the learning process, from the truth-seeking process. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, suboptimal at best. Yes. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yes. Now, all of this section, interestingly enough, it seems like the Holy Father and the Church are totally down on on the internet and on the means of digital communication and online social networks and things like that. But I don't think that that's, you know, this is just part of the message that the Holy Father is trying to send here. You're right. You're right. Yes, the church is, and it starts with intermerifica. Overall, the, the, the church is 
intention is to celebrate uh, technological advances and improved communication among people. Yeah, yeah. Even within this uh, Christus Vivit, the Holy Father goes on in a later little bit of this section uh, to offer what he calls a way out. And he says that, I remind you, young people, of the good news we received as a gift on the morning of the resurrection, mm. that in all the dark or painful situations that we mentioned, there is a way out. For example, it is true that the digital world can expose you to the risk of self-absorption, isolation, and empty pleasure. But don't forget that there are young people, even there, who show creativity and even genius. And then he goes on to say that was the case with Venerable Carlo Acutis. I'd never heard of Venerable Carlo Acutis prior to reading this. And so mm -hmm. uh, um, Venerable Car Carlo Acutis, who lived from 1991 to 2006, oh, so very young, very 15, young, yeah. uh, was an Italian Roman Catholic teenager who was best known for documenting Eucharistic miracles around the world and cataloging them on a website that he created in the months before his death from leukemia. Fascinating. Uh, and uh, he was noted for his cheerfulness and for his computer skills as well as for his deep devotion to the Eucharist, which became the core theme, a core theme of his life. Wow. He used the tools that were at, his, at hand, the technological tools of the Internet, to go beyond what his physical limitations provided, right? He was sick with leukemia. He couldn't travel to these actual Eucharistic miracles, right. but he could build a virtual shrine uh, and, and virtual, you know, resources to uh, explain and to promote these wonderful miracles, these other gifts of God. Beautiful. And I love that the Holy Father is saying, look, you know what? It's not all isolation. It's actually there are positive ways to use your gifts to build up the kingdom, even even in this virtual world. Very much too. so. Very much so. So I really, yeah. really genuinely love that. Um, he also then goes on to say, if you are young in years but feel weak, weary, or disillusioned, ask Jesus to renew you. This mm. is the Holy Father's advice. He says that... Let me remind you that when we live apart from others, it is very difficult to fight against concupiscence, the snares and temptations of the devil, and the selfishness of the world. That's what happens when we, when we isolate ourselves. Yeah. We, it becomes difficult to give in to temptation. Isolation saps our strength and exposes us to the worst evils of our time. And yeah. yet there is hope. There is hope in Christ. Yeah. And he encourages us and encourages young people and all of us to turn to Christ and ask him to strengthen us and to connect us and to and for us to realize that we are members of the great communion of the church. Exactly, exactly. And aligned with that, I like to think of communication as a truth-seeking process mm -hmm. and therefore a holy process, a potentially holy process, because Jesus said, I am the truth, and if we're seeking truth in a real honest way, uh, then we're seeking, we're seeking Christ. Oh, absolutely. We need to seek Christ who is the way, the, the truth, truth, and, and the, the life, life right? Yes. Um, this document is only the latest in a long line of, of documents on communication, you know, and, um, I'm reminded of, so this was 2019. Right. 
Um, and as I was reading it, I was reminded of something that I had read before uh, that came from the Pontifical Council for Social Communications. Mm -hmm. In 2002, they issued a pair of documents called uh, Ethics in Internet and The Church in Internet. I love the titles because they don't even use the definite article there, right? Uh. Ethics in Internet. Uh, And in Ethics in Internet from 2002, I'm going to read a little quotation and see if this doesn't remind you of something we may have heard very recently from Pope Francis. According to users' tastes, the Internet lends itself equally well to active participation and to passive absorption into a narcissistic, self-referential world of stimuli with near-narcotic effects. Mm -hmm. It can be used to break down the isolation of individuals and groups or to deepen it. Mm -hmm. They were seeing it back then. They were seeing it back then. And this was in 2002, you know, when – the World Wide Web had just exploded for the most part. Right. Uh, you know, the fir- Web 2.0 or Web 1.0 and the web culture and, you know, pets.com, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, uh, this is what the church was, was looking at and saying, you know what? It can be used for great things. It can also be used at the, you know, to break down the isolation of individuals or to, or to deepen it. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I love the prophetic nature of a lot of these documents. Yeah. The whole uh, the church and the Pontifical Council for Social Communications held up the internet and said, "You know what? This can be used to advance the common good as well." And this is really what we need to, to think about. And so the great the great uh, general principle uh in this document on ethics in internet was use of the new information technology and the internet needs to be informed and guided by a resolute commitment to the practice of solidarity mm-hmm. in the service of the common good within and among nations. Mm-hmm. We will never be happy and at peace without one another, much less if some are against others. And uh, they use this phrase, this will be an expression of that spirituality of communion, which implies the ability to see what is positive in others, to welcome it and prize it as a gift from God. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Oh, this idea of the solidarity of communion, the spirituality yeah. of communion. Right. There's the spirituality and also uh, implicit in the use of the word uh, solidarity is a kind of clue to us that Catholic social teaching is an invaluable tool in critical media literacy. Yes. Right? Because yeah. uh, uh, it, it's all about good communication, good truth-seeking, and uh, for a purpose, for, uh, for the common good of uh, humankind and its dignity. Yeah. And the, uh, the Catholic social uh, uh, teaching provides a lot of guidance for, uh, for analyzing, just as they were doing in 2002, right yeah. there. I yeah. mean, per, uh, sharing the idea of the the common good, right. uh, you know, uh, which is at the core of social teaching of the church. Yes. Um, the sum total of conditions which allow people, either as groups or as individuals, to reach their fulfillment more fully and more easily. Yes. And by the way, elsewhere, uh, uh, the Pope talks a lot about the uh, the importance of the local community mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, um, for instance, the McGrath Institute's uh, uh, program that's geared toward uh, the use of uh, uh, digital communications in ministry uh, is pointing toward another Catholic social teaching point, namely subsidiarity, mm-hmm. and how a lot of the improvement in our communication properly 
takes place at the local level where relationships are, are in a sense, more really real yeah. and more accountable. Especially in families where in that families, begins, right? Exactly. Families yeah. and parishes. Mm-hmm. It's so essential that uh, parents be involved in what their children are watching. Oh, my goodness, yes. Talking about these, yes. about what they're they're seeing, what they're reading, uh, the, the media that they are consuming. Uh, and then that that be done, you know, parents need to be formed as well. It's not enough just to say, you know, just for parents to be, you know, um, censors. Right. But they have to know also they have to be well-formed and be critical media consumers themselves. That's a really good point. So much of the talk uh, to parents about protecting kids from the risks uh, focuses on, um, you know, what uh, what – Software you should use to to screen, filter out right. bad websites. Right. But yeah, it's not all about excluding the bad. It's about inculcating the good. Right, right. One other thing about Christus Vivit that impressed me was that uh, the Pope is thinking in intergenerational terms and realizing that perhaps more through the technology than through the content – uh, our digital culture tends to divide generation from generation. Mm. The, the boomers, uh, you know, they, they turn to their, uh, uh, 15 year old kids to teach them how to learn some software or whatever. Right, right. And, and there really is a digital divide generation wise and in many other ways. But the Pope says, quote, I call us, oh, he's speaking now to, um, the non-young people in that audience for sure. Christus Vivit who's saying, I call us to be memory keepers. We grandfathers and grandmothers need to form a choir. I envision elders as a permanent choir of a great spiritual sanctuary. And boy, I love that phrase wow, because, yeah. you know, in an, in an ideal world, you can picture the internet as a virtual spiritual sanctuary where we're actually sharing truth. Uh, but at the very least, the folks who are not just the young folks uh, at, at the greatest risk of, of uh, being, uh, in a sense, orphaned into um, uh, disinformation and artificial reality, our goal is to um, uh, really remind People of the joy of the really real, of of reality in its physical nature, of relationships uh, on a one-to-one flesh and blood basis. Amen. Well, I really enjoyed talking about this particular document and about all of the others that you uh, uh, wisely saw great uh, uh, compatibility with. Yeah, there there are a lot of really interesting documents and we we can't get to everything, but again the idea is just to expose and and kind of catalog what is out there. Yes. Um you know, and again they all build on one another. That's right. Right? And That's right. and they quote one another because again the church has been thinking about these for a long time. Yeah. And that that idea actually enters into in ethics and internet. The church actually says that right now there's a choice being set before us in the way that the internet and social communications are going. Right. And it says, which it will be, good or harm, is largely a matter of choice, a choice to whose making the church brings two elements of great importance, her commitment to the dignity of the human person – 
and her long tradition of moral wisdom. Indeed. So that's why the church is interested in this, is yes. that we're not just consumers ourselves. We're also communicators. Exactly. We want to see these these tools succeed. Yes. And yes. we want to see these tools not become places of digital um, fortresses. Right. But we want them to, to be truly the the modern Areopagus, as John Paul II called it. Right. You know, this idea that here is this great forum where we can interact and we, we all share in this great, uh, now I'm going to mix my metaphors, in this great journey to the kingdom. Right. The church needs to use the tools of social communication as well. Oh, absolutely. All and pilgrims need to be communicating with each other at all times. Exactly right. Yeah. You know which, if that guy's turning left or right. Exactly. Whatever it may be. So, right. So there's a lot, there are a lot of things that the church has to offer because we continue to reflect on these. And so um, we're just going to continue the, our own conversation going forward through these. Very good. Looking forward to the journey continuing. Thank you for joining us for our conversation. You can subscribe to hear future episodes at our website, EncounterPoints.com. Our theme music is Leaves by Airtone, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We hope to encounter you in the next episode of EncounterPoints. Points.